0: Okay, folks. Well, I'm really, really glad you you came in today. We uh, we talked we talked some numbers. We talked some numbers last week and some some options and numbers, and uh, we came to a price point that you didn't seem very excited about about our product. So I talked to my manager. I went in back, and I talked to him, and I told him, told him about you, told him your story, and he decided I could, I could come down on the price of the books. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is a, a one-day one deal. Um, you know, you, you have to buy it today. We do have an extended warranty if you'd like to get it, you know. Um, if you'd like to buy multiple books, that's all right, but um, I just want you to know I really went out on a limb for you on this, and I... I I told my manager, I said, hey, this is, these are good people, they're, they're going to take care of these books, they're going to read them, they're going to interact and ask questions. Uh, so we got, we got the price down to 20? Yeah. Well, okay. All right. You're a, you drive a hard bargain. All right. Four, 14. No. No? No? Still not good enough? Let me go talk to my manager. <laughs> I mistakenly thought this book was $25, and it is nothing of the sort. The $25 is the first volume, but this, the second volume, is only $7. So, yeah, I know. I'm such a nice guy, right? See, you know, I know how to be a salesman. You make everybody look like you're the nice guy, right? You do all the work. But in reality, the book only costs $5, and I'm taking $2 off of it. (laughs) No. No, it's seven dollars. So one person gave me twenty-five already. So uh, I will uh, give you some. I'll give you some of your money back, because we're honest at this dealership. Um, But seven dollars for this for volume two. So that's that. In my opinion, is is it's been a while since I bought these. Okay, I bought these before Christmas. So I'd forgotten a couple things. Um, (laughs) But seven dollars. $7, Seven dollars, yeah, seven dollars for our next study for this book. And if you if you uh, just want me to, if you just want to take one too, you can take it. You don't have to pay seven dollars for it, but it does help with uh, the Sunday school uh, material fund. Um, so with that, then too, um, this is a, a common. I, I heard some rumblings about this throughout the week. Um, about how abortion is just, uh, isn't it just a political issue? Um, and I know most of us are, are pretty, pretty steadfast on that point and know it pretty well, but this is one of the brochures that's over here on the table uh, as we do our baby bottle drive. Um, take a look at it um, or go to Lutherans for Life to their website and they have videos and some some instruction. And this is good because it's going to help you you articulate that abortion is not just a political issue. Um, It is something far greater than that. Um, And reading these materials, even if you know it, this will help you to form your defense for life. Just having the material in front of your eyes or listening to the videos uh, intently and, and looking to listen and absorb some of it will help you to, to articulate this, this issue. And really, as Lutherans for Life is, is constantly saying, it's, it's, it really is a matter of, of the gospel, too, because it is truly the gospel, as Paul says today in our epistle reading, that is the power of God unto salvation. It is the gospel that changes hearts and minds, from such a staunch position and, and against it, to coming to a, a side of faith, um, because it it really is close to the it really is near and dear to the heart of the faith. We of course do have advocates for life that are secular or that are not Christian, um, but for the most part, it's 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 up to us. This is our fight. This is our battle. Uh, that, that the Lord has seen fit to put you in. You know, this, this could have been at, an, at a different generation at another time, um, but this is where we are. And uh, we give thanks to God for the opportunity to be advocates, to be voices um, of, of reason, but also compassion, because that really is what our defense for life is. It's a position of compassion and love. Uh, and uh, that, that, that's a good thing to do. Uh any any uh yes. Just a quick comment on that. Um it just seems to me I've noticed so much that, you know, that's where we actually join hands with our chocolate brothers and sisters, even though mm-hmm.
1: we don't share a lot of theological, you know positions with them. The real a lot of them are really strong pro life advocates and it always kind of amazes me when I see a lot of the how that how that is. I don't mm-hmm. know
0: it's, yeah. it's kind of an Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 an interesting. Yeah, that's kind of the, the thing that you see, in a lot of these public things. Yeah. Yeah. Like mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. There yep. There to be yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Um, no, that's okay. No, no. I was. It was in addition to what you were saying. You reminded me of something. Uh, so, get your baby bottles, fill it with change, pesos, whatever, um, and uh, dollar bills, checks. I mean, look at how many checks do you think you could write to put in there? <laughs> how many credit card receipts could you put in there um, to help with the Hope Clinic? Uh, so, uh, there you go. Um, any thoughts or questions? Anything else with the life topic? Uh we have a few who are going down to Austin next weekend, so God be with you and protect you as you drive. The Lord be with you in that, and I pray it's a blessing for you and also to all those in Austin. Um, uh, so that we pray for a, a, a good witness uh, in that regard. Okay, um, in our explanation of the divine service as we've been going through this, um, I also wanted to point out to you that there is a website... Um, that uh, an individual, James R. Cutler, uh, a website that has the divine service, an explanation. And it's on your table. It's this one that has the color pictures on it that has the watermark on it. This uh, a gentleman actually uh, produces a little trifold brochure that has all of this information on it that a many a few churches... Actually, put in their pews so that when people come to church, they get this kind of what we've been discussing over these last month, this last month or two, uh, in regards to what is the divine service, where does it come from, and why do we do this. It also then has this other category there on the far right that says application for daily living. So, this is something that uh, we could purchase for our church. If, if the congregation, the elders, or whoever, thinks that this is beneficial and helpful. So if I'd like for you to take a look at this, and if you think this would be good for our congregation to do, uh, I, would, I would encourage you to mention it to leadership, elders of course, Um, but also anybody else on the church council, that if if you think this would be helpful, take it home and and look over it. Uh, Considering all that we've discussed here in the class, if you think this is helpful, uh, maybe this is something we can have in our pews. And it's laminated, but it's also something that people can take. You know, we can say, hey, we can hand it to people. Hey, is this your first time here? Or, you know, are you Lutheran? Whatever, talking. As you talk with people after church or before church, who, who you know haven't been here, who are visiting? Um, even as you're going to talk to them on the way, you can you know grab it. Uh, meant to be something to hand out, maybe maybe not. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you knew that that was available. I think there <clears throat> there's something like a dollar a piece. I think it's 20 bucks for a package of 25, something like that. So um, pretty handy if if you think it would be beneficial. Yes. Do a Google. Do a, do it. Oh, there, there. okay, here, yeah. Um, I think it's, this one I printed off. Uh, this has, oh, Steadfast Lutheran's Pew card, but it's a separate website that it'll take you to. That's where I found the link, I think, to that. And uh, you can, yeah, take a look at that. It's on the back page in the small print is the website. Um, they're the ones, I think, who help with distributing that. So uh, Steadfast Lutheran's Pew card. Um, there. So, think about it, um, or if you think it's not beneficial, um, then um, keep your opinions to yourself. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. We uh, last time uh, we examined Psalm, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter two, and. The Bene- not the Benedictus, but the Nuke Diminis. Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Let me be dismissed. Nuc Diminis. Uh, and it's always funny. Um, Pastor Vogel likes laughing at what the closed captioning does on, on our videos when I say Nuke Diminis. What does it say, Christopher? Do you know what it says? Oh, Pastor Vogel's not in here. I could have asked him. Um, it, says, it says all kinds of things. It, it says all <laughs> kinds of things. Whenever I say, whenever I use a Latin or Greek yeah, term, it just throws the closed captioning into a tissy. Um But uh, we studied that last week uh, and the presence of God and how uh, Simeon and Anna uh, and Mary and Joseph even realized that this is the presence of God returning to his people. Uh, and and for all the nations, a light to lead the Gentiles, where they quote, you know, he quotes from the Old Testament. So now then, after the Lord's Supper, after the post-communion canticle, we have on our page then the prayer of thanksgiving. Once again, we express our appreciation to our gracious God for giving us this holy meal through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. So let's see Psalm 107 and Psalm 118. Let's go to Psalm 107 first. And this is the common prayer of God's people. All throughout the scriptures, the psalm indeed. O give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. So this is a wonderful time, a wonderful time in the church service To say this, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, his mercy endures forever. Then with this psalm in mind, because it points out, it says, People have come from all over, and we are together. That, you know, it says, "Let let the redeemed, let those who've been purchased, let those who've been redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered from the lands, east, west, north, and south. Uh, gathered us together at this table, uh, and we come together because we are the redeemed. And look at how verse 4 continues. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And this is, you know, this all these words, a picture of what we've just what we've just had in the Lord's Supper, God rescuing us. Of course, the, the immediate context would be Israel, you know, being wandering and, and being, you know, strangers in a strange world, being pilgrims. And we want to keep that frame of mind as we are in the divine service, as we come, as we come to our Lord's house, our Father's house, an outpost, a place for us here. Um, and we can express this, you know, some have wandered and had no, but verse five, we are all hungry. We should all hunger and thirst for what the Lord delivers to us. So as, as at the end of the, the sacrament, we say, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Psalm 107 should come to mind in the history of God's people as they wandered, wandered in the wilderness, wandered in foreign lands and Babylon, uh, as many of the Psalms also reference. Uh, That's what we're doing now. We are, as the book of Hebrews says, we are pilgrims. Uh, This this is not our home. Uh, We are are journeying toward a land that we are looking forward to. And thanks be to God. Um, There are some great things here in this life, and we will have them. Uh, and, and even greater, fully fulfilled in the life to come. So as we come to the Lord's Supper, we remember and are reminded, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Why? Because he's gathered us from the ends of the earth. We are here together at his table. Some of us have wandered through desert wastelands. All of us are hunger and thirst for the Lord's righteousness. Uh, verse, uh, I mean, this is just such a great psalm. It keeps going. I mean, Look at the faithfulness of God uh, in, in verse 6. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. So Psalm 107, um, that is a great psalm to to think of at that time. Uh, As we are done with the, the meal the Lord's Supper. Psalm 118. Then let's see. Hmm. I wonder what this one is going to say. Hmm, look at that. Without looking at it, what do you think it's going to say? Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good; for His steadfast love endures forever. Uh, One time I studied this. How many times that's repeated in the Psalms, but I've forgotten. But look here just in 118, uh, known as the "Yo Give Thanks Psalm. Uh, Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Uh, what a wonderful psalm. And this is why God's people, throughout the ages, even with the threat of death and imprisonment, would not be absent from the sacrament. That they, at the time of the persecution of the church, they still would come and bow at the table of the Lord to receive the body and blood of Jesus, no matter the threats they faced. Uh, That's your heritage, that's your people, uh, what they have done in the past and what we should be encouraged to do even yet now ourselves. Um, This often repeated wonderful uh, reminder that God is with us uh, and out of our distress we call on the Lord and he is with us. Okay, the prayer of thanksgiving that we now can say with Simeon, Lord, let your servant go in peace. Um, let's go to Psalm 40 then too. Uh, that that Psalm, those couple of verses reminded me of this. Um, these are all these are all the Psalms that we that we saw here, 107 and 118 remind us the Lord. It's the Lord delivered me. The Lord has helped me. The Lord's steadfast love endures forever. He is reliable. He will be there for me. Psalm 40 was our psalm for last Sunday. Did any, did any of y'all remember that? Did y'all? Psalm 40, it's a great psalm to know. Um, it's uh, this encouragement Psalm 40 I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon the rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. Psalm 40 is again another one of those psalms that speaks of being delivered. And that, of course, is also what we remember and cry out to God and and be reminded of after we receive the Lord's Supper after we've come together each other, uh, as we've cast aside all all heavyweights, all all sadness and all darkness, and have continued to run our race, um, the race set before us. Psalm 40 is also very important for you because you too has a song. You too put Psalm 40 to music on one of their albums. U2, yeah, Bono, The Edge, right? Uh, and it is a fantastic rendition of it. So today, at, when you're at home, pull up on YouTube or whatever your music choice is, Psalm 40 by U2 and take a listen to it. It's one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Never heard of them. Oh, please. <laughs> they were backup for Elvis when he was on the road. You know Elvis, right? <laughs> <laughs> you too, you should. Um, only for this song. No, actually, they have a number of songs, and Bono is an outspoken Christian. Uh, Bono, who also, too, more recently, Bono was of the mind that uh, he, was, he had socialist, communist tendencies, socialism, but here recently he has come out and said, no, uh, uh, capitalism or you know, whatever you want to call it Uh, has brought more people out of poverty than any other. I mean, you all know this, right? Um, But to have somebody uh, such a stature as Bono uh, come around to that and and speak even in witness to his Christian faith. And then they were brave enough. I mean, not a whole lot of artists that are Christian are going to put a psalm on their albums. Maybe so. I mean, we've got a number of Christian artists and whatnot, but, but for you too... Uh, to do this, and, and it to be good. is And it's quite a, quite a song. Um, it's Psalm 40, that's all it is. No ad lib, no Jesus is my boyfriend, no, you know, some of the stuff that, that, that Christian music tends to do nowadays, the popular stuff. Um, that, by the way, I, yeah, and not your favorite stuff. Uh, all, all that aside, your personal preferences are fine. I don't, I don't you know, anybody here, whatever music you like. Um, but just know also, too, uh, a lot of Christian music is artificial intelligence generated, believe it or not. What were you going to say? You've been married 15 years? Man, y'all are old. Oh, he did. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, nice. There's, there are liberal towns in Oklahoma? Can you second this? Can you second Yeah, th- <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I'll be on a school campus, right? Yeah, yeah. It's quite impressive. Yeah. So I meant to mention this last Sunday. You know, Psalm 40, we have it in our liturgy. It's great. Um, But there are some pretty fantastic, you know, because I mentioned Bach, of course, and Handel's Messiah and all that stuff. But just to show you, I'm not just, you know, (laughs) that, uh, but anyway, uh, Psalm 40, you too. Take a listen. Some music, uh, artificial intelligence. Some of y'all following the news. Anybody seen this recently? Uh, Artificial intelligence, machines, computer programs. We are at the point now where they are able to compose music uh, that a human author doesn't write. You can say, you can actually go to a website right now and say, "Write me a song to the tune of whatever that talks about my squirrel and a church service." And uh, where was this? Where was (laughs) this? The the miss in Mississippi, and it'll write a song. Uh, Artificial intelligence is is going by leaps and bounds right now it's really really interesting and really scary because you will not be able to tell if you're talking to a robot or a human yeah (laughs) come lord jesus uh so they're even they're talking about now so let's say you're in college if you're a college kid don't don't listen to me um (laughs) If you're in college right now, you could go to this, this artificial intelligence website and say, write me a four-page paper on the advancement of music between Bach and U2. Um, 1,500 words. In about 30 seconds, it'll generate a paper for you. I had a, I had a, a pastor friend who, who follows tech pretty close, and he said, write me a sermon oh, no. on John chapter 1, verse 29 through 43 in the style of Martin Luther. I could pull it up, I should, and read it to you. So my job is getting work. easy. <laughs> yeah, my sermons only take 30 seconds now. But this is the thing now that they are writing, that that programming, and I don't know if Christopher has anything to add to this. He kind of follows this stuff. He's kind of that type of person. We don't know if he's even a person. He might be a robot. <laughs> he does such he does such a good job. There's no way it's natural. Um... <laughs> um that it's curious to see where we're going now. So that's what I mean. And there are music, there are songs um, that are generated, not written by a human, but generated by artificial intelligence on, on all spectrums.
1: like to add is that there's some serious ethical issues, awesome. um, particularly on the visual arts side. I don't know, I would assume it's the same with the music, but these AI, it's a model. So these models have to be trained on existing material,
0: mm-hmm.
1: existing copyrighted material. Um, there's a huge uproar in the art community about this.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, See, that's interesting. You can, yeah. you
1: can go in there and you can go, you know, I want to generate a painterly image in the style of such and such an artist of uh, whatever, whatever you want.
0: Yeah. So if you want, if you want a picture, you say, I want a picture of a German Shepherd painted as Mo- in the exactly. style of Monet. Exactly.
1: And it'll generate but a piece of art. Google is referencing mm-hmm. Monet. Yeah,
0: copyright, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Because Google and all these other companies for a generation now have got all of our images and all of our <laughs> data, and they're just pulling all this stuff, and none of these copyright holders get it. So what's happening now in the art community is that there's AI art being generated and being sold, and money's being made on it, and livelihoods are being generated off of it on models that are based on... Somebody else's work. ...actual work yeah. from other artists. And it's not that it's like cutting and pasting from these images, it's generating whole new pixels, hmm. but the models are trained on this existing work. And That's an interesting... It's gotta be yeah. the same for the, for, the, for the music side as well, Yeah, because it, it can't create anything out of nothing. It has to have a reference, so...
0: It takes from everything. It, Right. So much the information. The writing it's yeah.
1: all you know, if you say write me a paper in the style of Martin Luther, it's pulling from the oh volumes texts mm-hmm. that are available online for it to suck up. And it's there's some plagiarism concerns. There's some pretty serious Ethical questions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that input. You know that that art almost I've heard him
1: talk
0: <laughs> <laughs> I told you, robot. <laughs> No, yeah, thank you. I mean, and that's 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 really uh, really interesting. But my how we've how, how, how far we've gone. Uh, but that's what I meant by that. We don't. We can discuss this another time. But all kinds of ethical concerns with it and things like that. And the reason, yeah. And the reason I brought it up with college students too is because really, professors now are like, how do we tell if this paper was written by a student? You know, it used to be when I was when I was in college. <laughs> When I was in college, you actually had to do the work to, to, to study, to research, but my generation, the computer, it's right there in front of you. You don't have to go to the library, right? And, I mean, you can cut and paste. You know, you can just take an article and cut and paste it, and professors, they have tools to find plagiarism. To, to do these things, and even as a pastor I've used these before when I, when I edit or people ask me to approve their devotions or sermons and stuff and, and run them through through Google to, for plagiarism, and um, uh, it's amazing, and the teachers, they can sniff this out a lot too. Um, and, but now all you have, you, you can do it in 30 seconds. Well,
1: if, in you, in you, if you're in New York right now, it doesn't matter because everybody gets an A, Yeah, there's no
0: grades anyway, yeah. There you go. Hey, that's kind of hard to do in the chef world though, huh? You know, as long as we don't have robots testing the food, right, it's like, hmm, this tastes good or bad, right?
1: I don't know if I want an AI to do a recipe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there's some Italian grandmas who'd go fisticuffs with these machines. (laughs) They'd hit them with their rolling pin, right? Yeah, well, good. And we can talk about that another time. Very curious and very interesting. That's what I meant by that. Didn't mean to take everything in that direction, but it's a very pertinent topic and subject, so we'll talk about it another time. But here, you know, it's okay for us to plagiarize in the church. We take the word of God and we say it back to him. Uh, that, that brings God joy and pleasure because it shows that we, we behold it and we trust it and we say it back to him saying, I know you're true to your word, so I'm praying to you according to your word. So indeed, there is, you know, just like everything is for our good, but you, you know, we can misuse it. And this would be one of those areas where now it's it's, it's curious uh, what what's going to happen with it. But with God's word, you know, this is something that God tells us and says, no, no. Um, and we say to him, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path, uh, that we use his word and it will direct our ways and, and where we go. So after the Lord's Supper, we say, we say oh, give thanks unto the Lord, because he is, as he was faithful to his people of old, he is faithful to us. As he brought them through the wilderness, so too he will bring us. Uh, to the promised land, Uh, even as we go through and face the the many challenges in this life. The Lord's Supper, our prayer of thanksgiving afterwards, shows that God is faithful. He has heard my prayer to help me. He has heard my prayer to forgive my sins. He has given me the body and blood of, of my Savior. What more could I possibly need? I have everything. Then, uh, any questions, prayer of thanksgiving, any thoughts, or, uh, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, Uh, the many psalms uh, that speak of the Lord's faithfulness. You know, you could just open any of the five hymnals of the psalms, and you could find something about attesting to God's deliverance. And we say that after the Lord's Supper. Thoughts or questions? Sorry, Abigail, I just spoiled you writing your finals paper. Yeah. Be. I w- I was just thinking about um, his steadfast love endures forever. Using the word endures, I mean, you think of okay, it, it lasts mm-hmm. forever. But I was thinking in terms of endures. You know, his steadfast love in
1: spite of all of the stupidness that mm-hmm. human beings. No right. <laughs> yeah.
0: All of the history. Mm-hmm. It endures. Um, you know, it just endures. Yep. You know. It does. It does. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And and this, you know, is what. You know, these are the, the things that Jesus says too, and lo, I am with you always mm-hmm. to the end of the age, you know, and to the, to the e- eons. You know, the Greek is really interesting. I've always liked that. It's uh, unto the eons, you know, I am, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, all those promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us. It endures, you know. The undeserved, the steadfast, undeserved love of the Lord endures forever. Okay, uh, now then, finally, uh, we come to the blessing, the benediction, the Aaronic benediction from Aaron. Back to our worksheet. The blessing spoken by the pastor is the Aaronic benediction. The blessing God first gave to Aaron and the other priests to speak to the people of Israel. Jesus Christ, our high priest, has come to us in a special way through this holy meal. The blessing is God's promise that Christ will go with us as we leave the church and return to the world to serve him. We sing amen to affirm the blessing. So be it, it is true. So number six, here we have the giving and the institution of the blessing, the benediction, uh, numbers chapter 6 verses 23 to 27. Um, we'll start in verse 22. Here in, in numbers, we have the, we have the establishment of the priesthood, the duties of the Levites. and this is one of the duties of the priests to speak this chapter numbers chapter 6 verse 22 the Lord spoke to Moses saying speak to Aaron and his sons saying thus you shall bless the people of Israel you shall say to them the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace so shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. So it's quite curious that the Lord, He says, Okay, yeah, when the priests, when you say this on the people, you will bless them. It's a wonderful promise. And, you know, it's uh, pretty, it, it gives us, it teaches us a little bit about the character of God, and that He says, Yeah, you, you bless them, and. You, you speak this over them and I will bless them. There's no, there's no qualifiers on that. Uh, quite, quite interesting. You know, and, and there's that instance, I can't remember it right now, maybe one of y'all knows, but there's this instance in the Old Testament as God's people are traveling and there's a group of people, it's the, uh, the something deception. It's this group of people that they come across, the Israelites are going around and they're they're destroying, you know, pagan kingdoms and putting an end to a lot of evil, the human sacrifices that were going on and, and the enslavement of people. And the Israelites are going around and, and kicking and tail. You know, God told them to go and, and destroy these pagan towns and cities. And they're going around doing this. I think this is the, the, the context for this. And there's a group of people, they say, hmm. These Israelites, they're coming our way, they're God. He, he's real, he doesn't mess around. Quick, um, they're coming here, they're only a couple of miles away, but let's, let's make ourselves look, look like we've traveled from a long distance. Let's make ourselves look like we traveled a long distance, let's make our, our wine skins, let's make them look old, tear all your clothes, throw away all your expensive clothing, you know, just wear your rags, dirty yourself, get your hair all out of mess, And let's let's trick the Israelites. And so they, they meet the Israelites and the Israelites say, oh, what people are you? And they say, oh, we've traveled from far away and we have heard about your God and we want to be part of your people. And the Israelites, the priest speaks the blessing over them. And they're blessed. Then a couple of days, I think, passes by or whatever. And the Israelites are still going and come to find out the gig is up. They find out that they were tricked. Is it the Koth, Kothite, Kothites? I can't remember. Um, the Israelites find this out. They're like, what do we do? These guys lied to us. And God says, you blessed them. You gave them the benediction. They're blessed. They are part of my people. And so what's their punishment? Oh, they have to, they're church workers. <laughs> They then, they then become doorkeepers in the church, right? So they're like, well, hmm, yeah, okay. You, you believe, you trusted, you came to faith, but you lied to us to get here. But uh, anyway, so you, you guys, y'all are the pastors. <laughs> you guys are the church workers. Um, but it, it's a real interesting case of when people, you know, they, they believed and trusted in God as a, as a merciful God and he's going to save. But they use this deception to say, no, we're not, we're not, you know, far away or whatever. We're not those people. No, we're good people. We're coming and we trust we want to be part of your church. And they speak the blessing over them. And God says, you blessed them, so they're blessed. So it's really curious with this ironic benediction, how God just says, yeah, speak this over the people. And when you do that, they're blessed. Quite curious. Um, that God would be willing to put his words and his blessing within the purview or the judgment of people, of humans. You know, and we see this, of course, too. This, is, this gives me comfort as a pastor, you know, because the question always is, you know. I mean, this is, this is a serious question in the liturgy uh, for Lutherans for, for quite some time. When I speak to the people, to y'all on Sunday morning, and I say, um, as a called and ordained servant of the word, I announce to you the forgiveness of all your sins. I forgive you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, people are concerned. They say, are, could you not be casting pearls before swine? Mm-hmm. Are you, pastor, going to stand up there and tell someone, I forgive you your sins, but they are not repentant? This, a pretty, this is a pretty big topic, and it's something, I mean it's not anything to dismiss, but something to take seriously. But you can tell where, kind of where I fall on it, because I keep doing it. <laughs> um, but to announce the forgiveness. I forgive you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, there is, there is no qualification on this. And we pray that, that whoever hears it, and Jesus warns us and tells us that wherever the church is, there will always be false believers. That's one of the characteristics of the church, um, that uh, there, are, there are weeds uh, or, or, you know, wheat among the tares, right? Uh, and um, it's, a, it's something to consider, you know, and, and to do this. However, uh, you know, in our liturgy and, and the way we teach these things and talk about them, we, we, we bless. We, we, we see that people come here for a reason. And we we take their you know we take their word for it uh, when it comes to just the 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 general absolution and speaking the gospel we pray that they hear that gospel and it would transform them would bring them to faith and true repentance and trust in Christ so um, you know it's 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 something wonderful to know that the 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 forgiveness of Christ it doesn't rest on how strong we are. Or, you know, how much the pastor knows us. Uh, it's it's all God's prerogative. It's all up to Him. And His Word is efficacious and powerful because it's His Word. And He's going to bless who He blesses, and He's going to curse who He curses. Um, so it's a, a a wonderful encouragement and reminder, you know, and uh, teaching on this with this, with this blessing, uh, this ironic blessing that That, uh, you know, uh, after, you know, as it comes to the blessing, I don't stand here and say, well, did you really mean to be here this morning? Or are you here on accident? You know, it's happened before. People have shown up at our church thinking we're the Baptists up the road. And they're like, what is this? You know, it's pretty funny to to witness. But uh, to know that um, the Word of God, right, it goes out and accomplishes what He wants it to do. And when we receive this blessing... This ironic blessing, God has been blessing his people, I mean, look, since the book of Numbers. And, and part of our tradition is we see this continuation, you know, uh, that the, the Lutheran church service is not German. <laughs> it's not American. It is, it is based in the scriptures. And this is one of those that says, if anything, it's Jewish, <laughs> if you want to attach anything to it. Um, uh, it's the Christian church of all ages joined together in this service. It's not, it, 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 it's not according to any sort of time or part in history or whatever. It spans all of God's, God's church from all history. And this Aaronic blessing is one of those jewels. It's one of those treasures to know that when we hear it, God is doing something. It's not an empty thing. It's not, you know, as a kid, whenever I heard this, I was like, all right, church is almost over. <laughs> this is great, you know, but uh, it's, it's a wonderful blessing. It's the name of God being put on his people, you know, a reminder of your baptism. That's why a lot of people cross themselves. And we hear, you know, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's a reminder of the name that was given to us in baptism. That no longer is it just, you know, tied to the Aaronic priesthood and and the blessing, the name of God spoken in that regard, but you've been given the name in baptism, and now you have that name spoken over you, reminding you that God has has blessed you and will continue to do so.
1: If you think about it, you know, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. If you go back to this, if He put stipulations on the blessings, none of us would be... We we get a blessing,
0: right? Yep, yep. No, if there are any conditions on it, we all we all miss. Yep, yep, yep. And it's 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 a, it's a living and active word. It does what it says it does. The Lord and and it's interesting if you listen to the liturgy too as you follow it. The different liturgical settings have a different focus on each of them, and. Um, I can't remember which one it is, but in one of the liturgical settings you will see a stress and a repetition on the word peace. And, and it, it, this, this benediction, of course, sums up all of them. But if, if you look at the words of, of one of, of the liturgy, I, I wish I could remind you which one it was, um, just that, that when God says, peace, you know, Jesus says, peace be with you, as he said in his resurrection, you know, on Easter Sunday to the disciples, then the disciples were overjoyed. And so this liturgy has a constant repetition of peace, 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 and you hear it and hear it and hear it. It's not just a mnemonic tool, but it's an actual bestowal of peace. As we hear the words, it's actually doing something, much, much like this Aaronic benediction. So, God's people have rejoiced over this benediction. Um, This is one thing about my my grandfather, who was an LCMS pastor. he was very uh, animated with it. He would say it very loud. <laughs> he, would, he would say, you know, the benediction, and he would say it at our family gatherings, you know, family reunions, or whenever we get together as a family for Christmas. And this kind of became one of the things that he, he really enjoyed doing. Uh, at all of our, you know, whatever ordinations he would go to, he would, he'd be the one that would give the Aaronic benediction and uh, things like that. So uh, I've learned from him uh, all too late, of course, you know, um, how much of a treasure this is, and a great thing it is to receive the benediction. And then to be, a, to be one, to be a pastor who, who speaks this benediction over God's people. I mean, how many times have I said this, right? Uh, and each time God is faithful in, in bestowing the peace on his people. And also an assurance for me as a pastor that this very word that I'm speaking to this people, it's also being spoken, I'm saying it to myself. In essence, too, uh, and reminding myself and bestowing God's peace upon my upon myself, so um, which is great because then when I'm at home, I can just say the benediction to myself all I want, you know. So, <laughs> um, but uh, also too, and and remember this aspect too. I've spoken about this with some of you all as well. That we are all priests. We are a kingdom of priests. We can all speak this blessing. We can all share this blessing with others. The Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, You know, shortened versions of it, the entire version of it. Uh, And it's, um, you know, as a priest of Christ in his kingdom, you, of course, have this right to speak and give this blessing to others. They might look at you a little weird, (laughs) but that's all right. Any other thoughts or, or questions? Okay, very good. Um, that's our, our walk through the liturgy there. Um, these, past, these papers are, are for you to keep, of course, and if you want another copy, I, I have it. Um, and uh, for us to remember and see that the, the church service, it's not about, it's not about what's, what is in at for the day. It's not a fad. It's not about personal tastes. But as you can see, even, I mean, there are some elements to it that we can do that to make it relevant, in a sense, to to our day and age and things like that. Um, But there's also going to be this aspect of it. What do they they say about the liturgy? They say the liturgy is is the voice of the past. The liturgy is is our past's vote. The liturgy is, is our ancient and past forefathers and mothers Uh, casting and teaching us. So if if we say no to them, and we are so arrogant as to think, oh, we can come up with something better in a world where music and things are generated by robots, uh, I don't think so. I think it's a step backwards. (laughs) Um, But nonetheless, God's people have found joy and (laughs) refuge almost said refuse. Joy and refuge in the words of Scripture and the promise that God is faithful, always in, in there. So we give, we give our forefathers and foremothers, I want to be politically correct, um, a voice in our day and age through the liturgy. Uh, and it's refreshing to hear something more than just the, the voices in the echo chamber of the day. All right, so that's where the, scriptures come, the liturgy comes from, the scriptures. Uh, and uh, to know the stories helps you on Sunday morning to put yourself in the place of, of the blind man who said, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Puts us in the place of the people on Palm Sunday as they cry out, Hosanna, son of David. It puts us in the place of Simeon. Lord, let your servant go in peace it unites us with the people of God since he instituted their ironic priesthood and the benediction that God is with his people and always will and he is blessing you. Let's close with prayer. Dear gracious heavenly father, your mercy endures forever. Grant us also, dear heavenly father, to rejoice in this promise and may our mercy for one another, and even for our enemies, echo and reflect your mercy and love toward us. Be with us, grant us um, contemplative minds and, and hearts ready to receive you as we come into your house on Sunday mornings. And each and every day, may the liturgy we, we hear and participate in on Sunday, may it also lay the pattern for our daily life of constantly coming to you as we are pilgrims in this world, striving and driving toward a land that we see from afar. Bless us in our walk unto thee, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.